You're listening to Talking Life with Katyan Roach and Michael Adams. Well, hi, I'm here with Katyan and we are Talking Life. That's a big one, Michael. Talking Life. Absolutely. Mm. And you know what? I was looking at a sign we have in our toilet or restroom, whatever you like to say, and it, and it said rules for a better life. And this mm-hmm. is what it said. One, be kind, smile often. Two, work hard. Three, stay humble. Four, expect a little, give a lot. Five, be thankful. And six, have fun, laugh more. Seven, Love always. So interesting reading material for a bathroom, I must say. Yeah, pretty good advice, though. Pretty good advice. Now, I want to focus on number four. Expect a little, give a lot. I think the subject of expectations is fascinating because we all have them. You have expectations of your children. You have expectations of your friends. Your parents have expectations of you. And very often expectations can be a battleground. So that's the subject I want to look at today. I mean, what's your um, take on expectations? I think we're we're born to expect. And when I say that from a a baby, you expect to be fed, (laughs) you know, you expect (laughs) to be changed. So, and then these expectations are met, you know, they are met. You cry, you get your bottle, you get, you, you throw a tantrum at two years old and you most times get what you want. And as we grow up, we, we're sort of groomed to expect that things are going to go in a particular way. So expectation is normal. I mean, the, the fact is, like most of the things that we'll be talking about, there's so many different perspectives because when I think of expectations, very often we're let down. Right. That's when we look at, at that subject, you know, someone uh, doesn't deliver. They don't do what you expect them to do, particularly in friendships, in, in relationships. It's that area that I, I find fascinating. And I agree with you. And, and like I was saying, it's, I guess it's, gr- it's growing up because what I was referring to is as a child, your needs are met, your expectations build. But as you start to face the real world, uh, quote unquote, like you're saying, now you have to deal with the understanding that your needs are not always going to be met. And many times we find that that is the issue in many of our relationships when our expectations of what it's supposed to look like, it doesn't materialize. But, that's, but it's interesting because you use the term, the real world. And what I found is the world that I'm looking at may not be the world that somebody else is looking at. We very often think they're seeing the same thing that we're seeing, but actually they're not. Right, right. And I guess that's where the the mismatch of expectations come in. I mean, have you not been in a situation, I mean, I can talk personally, where I've had an expectation of a friend only to to be let down. You know, they, they jump ship much quicker than I would have had the shoe been on the other foot. And sometimes we as human beings hold that person accountable for not going the same distance as we would. 100%. I mean, that is what happens in many. That's why many relationships, friendships, love relationships, whatever, parent, child, that's where our relationships fail or they break down or they hurt and uh, and those things come in because we feel disappointed, we feel let down. I mean, if I, have a, if I can share my story recently, 
I went through a particular bout of illness, a time when I was not well, and I had a lot of expectations. And I don't think I am a person with a lot of expectations of my friends because I don't have a great number of people that I consider close friends. Oh, I come this, on, Katia, and you don't mean that. besides you, <laughs> <laughs> right? You're more family, so you know you're more family. So, so one of my things was I actually expected when I spoke to one of my friends and I was telling him that I needed to go to physiotherapy and I had no one to take me and I needed a lift. I expected that my friend would say, "I can take you." You know, I actually thought he would say, "Yeah." But instead, he said to me, he said, maybe you can call Uber. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, don't tell friends but, call Uber. <laughs> but what's interesting about that is if we listen and we break that down, had you communicated your expectation or did you just expect it? I expected it. Ah. Right? And this is what you were saying before. As friends, I expected because just like you said, I, if I had a friend who said to me, I need to get to physiotherapy. I would say, how are you getting there? Do you need a lift? And if it's that I don't know how I'm going to get there, you know, they're dropping these crumbs of not really wanting to ask me, but letting me know. And I'm guilty of sometimes doing that. But when I got back, um, you can call Uber. I was like, nah. <laughs> and what? What, where did it take you? What, what did you think? Was you cursing? Did it immediately change how you felt about that person? The thing is, I tend to measure the whole, the sum of my relationship with someone. So that one moment is not something that I would hold on to, to, to be angry or, or to define the rest of the relationship. I would then, I, feel, I felt bad in the moment. I felt like, wow, it, it, me back to a place where I sometimes go where I can do my stuff for myself. It reminded me that, hey, you have nobody that you could depend on but you, you know, which I know is not true, but that's the, the sort of thoughts that come into your head. But after a while, I kind of, you know, I dismissed it because I said I looked at the whole sum of the person and I went like, okay, there are other times in my life when this person would have been there for me. So maybe just in this moment, they couldn't. But before I got there, it felt I was disappointed, you know, because I expected a certain response and I didn't get it. Okay, we're talking life. We'll be back in a moment and we're going to hang on to that um, point, uh, Katia, because we are going to explore how we manage, in terms of expectations, that disappointment. Be back in a moment. You're listening to Talking Life with Katia Roach and Michael Adams. As I said, we're going to look at the aspect of expectations and disappointment, how you handle the disappointment when your expectations aren't met. Now, I have a lot of experience in this particular aspect because I've very often had to teach people that not all of us have the same thresholds. So sometimes what we do is we put our threshold onto another human being instead of actually recognizing where theirs is. because. Yes. And, and very often we can really manage our expectations when we realize, actually, that person over there, I've seen where the line is. Asking them to go beyond that line is just not going to happen. So therefore, I'm not going to even set myself up for that. I know that they'll only go so far. I'm actually reminded of my mother telling me about one of my close friends. 
And she said, he's in it for himself. All right. He's not in it for you. You'll always go further than him. And of course, I wasn't having that. But she mm-hmm. was absolutely right. She could see something that I couldn't see. Now, once I was able to see it, I didn't stop. Um, I didn't start disliking that person. But mm-hmm. what I did was set my expectation of them in a different place. And it actually formulated a better relationship because I was no longer disappointed and I no longer asked them to do things where I would have a certain expectation. Right. All right. And, and I, I agree with you 100%. The thing is we do have those expectations based on what we ourselves think that we will do if we are in that situation. If, we're in, if, the, if the tables were turned, they said, well, I would do this. You know, I, I tend, just as you say, a mom, I tend to hear my mom say that a lot. I would do this for them or I wouldn't do that. And I always say, well, you're not talking for them, you're talking for yourself. And one of the things, the unfortunate or the sad thing is that sometimes you don't learn about how far they will go or how much you can expect from them until you ask, <laughs> until you have a favor or you have Absolutely. a need. You know, that's only when you know how far this friend is going to go. Most friends are not going to tell you or most people are going to tell you, well, I'm only going to be here for you this much. You know, and I'm not going to be here that much. You know, I'm just going to be, so don't expect me to do all that. I'm going to only do this. So we tend to learn that in process. And sometimes it's so devastating, it's, it's difficult to move past. But is there an unexpected etiquette that we kind of all are conditioned to follow? And by that, I mean, it's almost like we set the expectation, but we set the other person up to fail. We, we almost don't give them forewarning of our expectations. We just let them know after it's happened that you disappointed me. Yeah, yeah, you're very correct. And I mean, even if I look at my situation, I mean, of the same situation of my friend, sometimes, like you're saying, we are setting false expectations. Sometimes we're at the issue, you know, because for one, like you're saying, we're not voicing our expectations beforehand or talking or, or being clear not beforehand necessarily, being clear in what we expect. So me saying, can you, you know, take me or whatever, having that clear discussion and then having the person explain to me why they can't, instead of me just throwing out this this vague um, thing and then the person probably just trying to help because knowing that they can't, but not thinking that I expected them to, (laughs) Yeah, that gives me a solution. Yeah and, yeah. and so they walk away thinking that they've helped me. And I'm there like mumbling in the corner because I wasn't clear that I really wanted them to do this for me. And maybe if I were clear, then we would have had a different type of discussion. They may have asked me when, they may have said, I can do it or I can't, and this is why I can't. And we'd have left the conversation in a different space. So what you're saying is very correct about that communication and, and communicating clear expectations. So that and being mature about sometimes the answers that we get if the answer isn't in the positive. Now, I'm going to go into a little bit of a controversial area, which is the expectations we have of our children, particularly, you know, when we're talking about children who are are at school and Mm -hmm. we put our expectations of their education on them. We put the expectation of the kind of results we are looking for. Now, this is obviously a difficult one, mm-hmm. and um, I know it's one that you have uh, 
personally that you're probably going through right now as a mind. So what advice can we give people in in managing that process? Because it's definitely not an easy one. It's an emotive one as well. It is. It's a difficult one because the thing is most times we don't think, we don't agree with what you just said. We're putting our expectations on our children and we what we think we're doing is trying to tell them we want what's best for them. And we're thinking that we live in a society. So let's say, for example, academics, we live in a society where in order to get into the best school, you have to have a particular type of grade. So we want our children to have those experiences and we, we try to push them or encourage them to go in those directions that are going to quote unquote, give them a better chance at life. And it is hard for us to accept that sometimes our children do not feel the same way or, or, or can't see what we're trying to do. You're them. being delicate because actually, but for many people, and I've heard it said, that we really are saying, you're not meeting my expectations. That's what we're saying. I mean, we can beat about the bush, but that's actually what we're saying. But our expectations of them for us are coming from a good place, a place of what's best for them. or what. Because sometimes I tell my son, I say, hey, if we lived in some other part of the world where all you needed to do was to get a cow, then we wouldn't be talking about school and we wouldn't be talking about grades. We'd be talking about how do you get a cow? Because that, is the, <laughs> that would be the definition of success. We are only talking about grades and school and all these sorts of things because unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it for you, my young son, this is so, what so therefore, the measure. Therefore, are you using the language of justification there? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, and you're unequivocally, you're not apologizing for that? No, because I am coming from a place of a parent where I want what's best. And I feel as though as a parent, I want you to do what's best for you. And I feel it's my responsibility. So, so let's step back. Let's step back from that a moment. And if you recognized, and I'm not saying this is the case in your case, I mean, we talk about this, so I, I know the position that, that you're in. Right. If you, do you understand the pressure that can create? Is, do you take any responsibility for that or, or, any level, or show any level of sensitivity towards that? Because very often what I see with people is that they can be insensitive to it and they can... Mm-hmm. They can say that we have an expectation that you need to meet and they're not looking at the pressure that's building up. They're just seeing the underachievement. I can agree, but I feel that I can only speak for myself personally. So my counter to that is to have a discussion. I tend not to just talk at my son. I try to talk with and to to see if he understands where I'm coming from or understands why I feel this way. And to ask him questions in terms of how he feels about what is going on. I want to hear his perspective. I mean, recently I went to, I was talking to another parent and they were telling their son, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I was asking the son, why do you think this is hard for you? They were talking about physics. And the little boy was trying to explain why it's hard for him. And the father was like, no, 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 that's not hard. You know, if you, if you can do the math, then you can do the physics. And I was like, give him an opportunity to tell you why he thinks it's difficult. Because for me, that's the only way you can help the child. When the child has input into what the struggles are, then you can be more sympathetic and then you can understand 
And then sometimes you can tell whether your child is just being quote-unquote lazy or whether your child really is struggling and then you can help them more effectively. Okay, nicely answered. But what I feel is, and every time I, I raise this as a point and have this as a discussion point with, with many parents, I always ask a question that they can't give me a clear answer to. I say, listen, I listen to all of what you've said, but the bottom line is, are these your expectations or your child's? I would still answer that by saying we're talking, you're talking adult, parent, child. And for many parents, our role is to guide. Because if you remember when you were 14, 13, 15, you didn't know squat in terms of what you wanted to do with your life. And it is, it is your parent's responsibility to at least guide you until you are able to decide what you want to do. And that's why many kids or young adults may have taken a path according to their parents' um, direction. And then they decided, I don't want to do this anymore. And they went on to do what they wanted to do. But in those formative years, it is your parents' responsibility to give you the information so that you can make the best choices for you because you don't know squat. <laughs> have you asked any other parents about the fact of, have they asked their children what their children's expectations are in the same scenarios where we have expectations of them? I can't answer that. I, I can't answer whether they would have asked. I would think that you should. And that's what I, I mentioned before. I think you need to listen to your child and know where the struggles are and where you can help. As much as you want to guide in a particular direction, you also have to be aware of whether the child is so inclined. You know, that's the other thing. Some parents will push to the extent that the child is not so inclined. But so you have to operate in a certain amount of awareness as a parent and sometimes let go, like you're saying, of your own expectation. I'm like, okay, this child is not going to be the next, you know, leading brain surgeon or this child is not. Well, well, I think you're coming into the area that I'm fishing for, which is the fact that surely the goal must be to align the expectations so right. that your expectations are aligned with your child's expectations. And that only happens through the process of understanding where they're at mm -hmm. so that you can move closer to where they are and they can move closer to where you are. And in that respect, that does require communication. That does require looking at where the pressure points are and recognizing that we need to take them away in a way that the child feels empowered and believes this is taking them in the direction that they want to go as well. Well, my argument, and I agree with you 100%, but I can hear, we have all sorts of people listening to this, and I can hear West Indian parents and even some North American or wherever parts of the world you are, parents saying, what are you talking about child having their, their needs or their lining with whatever? As a child, you don't have no say. You, I tell you what you need to do <laughs> and you do it. What would you say to that? Very straightforward. That's why we're talking about expectations. I, I made that very clear. I'm saying whose expectations are they? And that is... And the parents you know, can say it's mine and I don't care. It is my expectation. Okay. That's, that's an answer. And what, and, and what we're looking at is we're looking at the canvas when we look at expectations. We're looking at the whole picture. We're not saying who's right, who's wrong. What we're saying is expectations create these dynamics. Your expectations can create pressure points for another individual, whether it be a work colleague, your mother, 
your daughter, your son, um, your best friend. It's if as long as we are laying our expectations on another human being, we may be very surprised at what comes back the other way because we haven't taken the time out to see if those expectations are aligned with the individual's expectations of themselves. Correct. I, I think we've covered a lot because I, I do agree with us now stepping back. I hope this information makes people step back and look at their own expectations and learn how to be clear in what you expect and be understanding when those expectations are not necessarily met in the way that you think they should have been. Michael Adams, Katyan Roach, Talking Life. Thank you very much. You're listening to Talking Life with Katyan Roach and Michael Adams.